0: What's good Raza? my name is
1: Juan Carlos Lozano and this is the second season of the PA podcast coming to you from Slan, Union del Barrio in San Diego all right, so thank you very much for joining us here at the Pablo Aceres Podcast. Uh, today is April the 7th of 2020, and we have two very special guests. I'd like to first introduce uh, Elena Rodriguez from Union del Barrio San Diego. Uh, how are you, compa?
2: I'm doing good, compa Juan Carlos. Thank you for asking. How are you doing?
1: I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I'm very excited to, to talk to you and uh, and Maria Uh about, about all this stuff that's been going on um, but it's good to hear compa I'm gonna go ahead and introduce Maria Flores from Union del Barrio Los Angeles thank you for joining us compa ¿Cómo estás tú? Uh,
0: I'm good also just at home trying to stay put
1: <laughs> yeah prior to this me and uh, me and we' were just talking about how how we're doing and stuff it seems like uh, compa compa Lena, you're still going into work right you still have to go in to a physical yeah. space yeah
2: yeah, we're actually, I work for one of the largest community clinics here in San Diego, and we are considered, quote unquote, essential healthcare workers, even though we're not at clinical sites. But what I do is more of a social, provide social services for a specific population in San Diego. So we are, we are uh, considered essential in that sense, and we are expected to report to work um, every day. Um, of course if we are you know um, experiencing certain symptoms they are asking us to stay home but pretty much it's kind of like show up or kind of like step out type of feeling you know so it's kind of we're in a rough situation as well but you know I think the good thing right now is that with all you know a lot of people losing their jobs and stuff like that at least we're still able to to you know go to work and uh, although there's risks right but we're, i think we're yeah. still able to to have a secure paycheck for, at least for right now
1: yeah i mean at least yeah it's just i mean just everybody's been getting put into horrible positions specifically the people that need to go into work i'm referring to those but but yeah i mean we can't i mean we just jump let's just go ahead and jump right in then i mean COVID 19 I mean, we're already talking about the effects of it how you're working from you're not working from, you're working directly from an actual physical space in which you, you're you confined to, is it, are you, are you confined to an air filtration, air filtration system that's, that's enclosed? Is it...
2: Yeah, we're, we're in offices. Some yeah. of us uh, share offices, office space. I mean, I'm not really good with right. like room dimensions or anything like that, <laughs> but um, I mean, some of us, and there have been somewhat like, concerns because you know the whole social distancing is recommended six feet apart um but that's not being really enforced at work there's people that are still sharing office spaces i share an office space as well it's not until just uh yesterday that the ceo sent out an email mandating us to wear masks at work
0: okay
2: and even then the email specifically said not to utilize company masks but to bring your own masks so um <laughs> okay. yeah yeah, and and, you know, and to a certain extent, it's understandable because they want our clinical staff to have those masks, right? But okay. I think even then being a community clinic and um, in the eyes of public health, I think, you know, the company should provide masks if at all possible. But, you yeah, we're, we're starting to wear masks at
1: work. Okay, sorry, you broke up a little bit there, Compa, but you're starting to wear masks at work, not the ones that, that are provided by your work, but the ones that you can provide for yourself which is interesting uh compa maria you said you've been working from home um how how is that working for you
0: well i mean i don't have like a personal laptop at the moment so i was assigned a work a lot of stuff that i had to submit for my actual like employer Mm -hmm. and then also it's actually working out because i get to use it for other stuff like just updating like emails information and checking checking like a citywide updates as well.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Nice you're able to utilize that. Um, you know, but that, that also brings us to another topic. Like, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of students out here and um, I guess the university has a like cut them a break a little bit, but there's a lot of Rasa out here that can't afford or don't have any any resources like a laptop or internet. Or, or stuff like that. Um,
0: yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, prior to this, I was I was doing my work on my phone. So I was, uh, for, and I was using like the video uh, chat and everything, and I noticed that my phone was working and stuff, so I was wondering like, how are maybe students elsewhere like doing this without like their own personal laptop?
2: I would just like to add to that, it's like, you know, this, this whole COVID-19 pandemic is just sharpening the contradictions of capitalism, right? The yeah. fact that, you know, some students, majority brown and, and black students don't have access to the bare minimum to be able to survive from staying at home, right? And, and you said that, Juan, right? I mean, it's like not having access to a a, a laptop or a computer or a phone or, and even then like internet. Internet is insanely expensive, right? Mm-hmm. Even though some of the, the the internet providers right now, I haven't really looked into it, but I know that, I mean, I pay almost a hundred dollars a month for internet, right? And before this COVID nineteen hit, you know, I was even contemplating switching providers or, you know, um, even cutting off the the internet because so that's a hundred dollars a month. That's that's expensive. That's a steep, you know, uh, hit to to our income. And you know, a lot of working class families, you know, don't have access to to this resource. So it's it's a difficult time, you know, for. For a lot of our our community,
1: yeah, no, definitely, and because there are some uh, companies out there, some cable companies or internet providers that are are providing some new like discounted pricing for uh, low income um, uh, people. So, I, but you know, as every neoliberal tactic, when it comes to giving out to people or giving something to people, offering something to people, there's caveats. So. There's a lot of things that you have to be uh, kind of, you have to be like a prerequisite. There's prerequisites to it, but, but we'll go ahead and, and talk about those resources in a bit. Um, Copa Maria, we had, uh, we had, we had Ron Goches uh, last week on the podcast, and he was talking about how some people weren't taking it seriously in Los Angeles. Um, what, what, uh, and in general, I mean, he's talking about like everybody in general was not kind of taking it seriously because of the, you know the leadership isn't really showing any type of seriousness to it um so uh, could you could you share a perspective as to how the status of la is now how you see it
0: i mean last night or like a few nights ago actually yeah it was last night um i was up maybe like around 11 30 p.m and i heard the police driving by telling people to go inside but i believe it was because my neighbors had like a gathering outside so I don't know if somebody called or they just happened to be driving by. So I was like, oh my God, like I can't believe that people are putting themselves like literally on the street, you know, because I heard them pull up. So it it must have been, if not next door, like right on the other side. So I didn't go outside because I didn't want to be pulled into that mess. Just like it's 1130, like go home.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Um <laughs> I mean, uh I've seen a lot of videos online where, where people are just not taking it seriously and partying and stuff. But I mean, you know, it, it's a topic that we've been we've been discussing in the past couple of weeks. And it's just, you know, asymptomatic. You don't ever know who really you never know who really has it. So um I just need to make sure that everybody's taking it seriously because it's not about you. You know, it's about everybody. It's about everybody out there. You're gonna say something, Kumpa?
0: Yeah, and I also wanted to comment that. While well, I understand that people are bored at home and stuff like that. This is probably not the best time for people to drink because you're lowering your immune system. I would actually encourage people, like, if they want to take shots, take shots of, like, ginger or, like, eat some garlic if you want to feel some intense emotions. Like, this is probably not the best thing to drink, you know? Like, I literally, I started eating, I mean, when I first became, like, uh, vegan, like, I was taking, I was just eating, like, garlic cloves just because, I was trying to clean my like my body, you know. So I I recommend for anybody out there that's interested in partying, take a shot of ginger or eat some garlic cloves. You
1: heard it here first. Take a shot of ginger. Or eat some garlic cloves. <laughs> you heard it here first. Don't take those shots. Take shots of ginger. Uh are gonna really
2: <laughs> st- distance from the from if you eat garlic. But I, I'm a big <laughs> garlic fan anyway, so I know that those both are huge immune boosters. So I mean, it gets we a lot of flavor
1: too, so That's right, no, that's right. you can't You can't go away from that flavor. Um, compa, compa Elena, you know, I posed the, the same question to uh, to comparando last time that we had a, um, that we had the podcast. you know what, what's what's the status of of San Diego in your eyes? What's your perspective? How, how have you seen it como has visto desarrollar Have you seen the response and our people's response to? To the local leadership's response, or even national leadership, excuse me.
2: I think, um, for the most part, I mean, uh, I where I live, I mean, people are still out and about. I, I went out on Friday, I went to Northgate, which is like the local rasa market here in Logan, and there was uh, I went around maybe like six o'clock, um, and When I went inside, there was a good, you know, good chunk of people there, not wearing any masks, really. You know, I was trying to maintain my social distance from people and not seem too like, you know, sangrona about it. But people were just like really close and stuff. I'm just like, damn. So, I I mean, in my opinion, when people get really close like that is that they're not taking this as seriously as they should. Um, But I did notice that at Northgate, they had like already like markers on the floor to kind of socially distance um, people while they were paying at the checker at the checkout stands. Um, And then surprisingly enough, when I walked out, there was already a line, I would say about like of 30 people. Um, and they weren't, like, socially distancing. They were all really close to each other. Oh. So, you know, it's it's kind of hard to gauge, like, what information our community is receiving. Because, like you mentioned, you know, the federal government at first didn't take this seriously at all, right? So, in, in my opinion, it's, like, the lack of leadership, right? Yeah. Um, secondly, I think, if anything, the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, has made more of an effort than the federal government to – you know, put into place more infrastructure, more guidance, um, which has helped, at least for the most part, maintain California numbers relatively low in comparison to the rest of the United States. But what's also important to to really know is that the, the testing is not really at the level that it should be, right, specifically because you did mention that You know, a lot of people are asymptomatic, which means that they're not showing any symptoms, but that does not mean that they're not carriers of the virus. So the fact that one of the other reasons perhaps why the numbers in California are so low is because people are still not getting tested at a massive scale, right? That's right. And and another contradiction that we see is that, you know, obviously with money, healthcare is a commodity within the society, right? So you see in the news how a lot of people... Affluent people, right? People with money are getting tested. I mean, the other day I read an article of Pink, uh, the artist who got tested twice, right? Her family got tested twice, yet a lot of our people haven't even been tested once when when they in fact are calling providers with symptoms of COVID-19, right? So that's a yeah. serious contradiction in the sense that you know, if you have money, you can get more than one test, but if you don't have money, you know, you're pretty much you know asked out.
1: That's right, compa. So currently, currently today, uh, this is Tuesday, April seventh, twenty twenty. We have in California cases reported are fourteen thousand three hundred and thirty six, and the community transmission is widespread. So now, I wanna I wanna point out a contradiction, like how you've been pointing out contradictions, uh, compa. Uh, the fact that we live in the sixth largest economy, which is just California. California, the state, uh, and they're not passing out, they're not handing out, they're not, they're not giving uh, the population, especially Vrasa population, and people who can't, even of, can't afford tests or don't fit the criteria uh, to the doctors or the ER doctors or whoever is conducting these tests to get tested for COVID-19. They can't do that, but, this, the, but Cuba, which is ranked 62nd as world economy, and The world economy in the world can do can do that to its citizens. They provide uh, free testing. Venezuela is there's Venezuela people who, the people who fled Venezuela after the last uh, coup coup d'état that uh, that Guaido and the U.S. lackeys tried to tried to pull last January. People are coming back to Venezuela and they're getting free tests now. You know what are you guys thoughts on that? The fact that Venezuela and Cuba are providing free tests to the population, and and this. This corporate, you know, this capitalistic government can't do that. And whether it be democratic or republican in leadership, what are you guys' thoughts on that?
0: I was thinking that maybe we should be bringing those uh, comparisons, like we should be highlighting those things for people. Because I was actually trying to do some research myself, and I only I found a lot of like reactionary articles, like oh, like housing crisis in Venezuela, and I'm like, I thought that there was actually like, um, like the UN. had awarded Venezuela like um something on the lines of like it, it has um created the the best housing for its population regardless of the sanctions in place. So I was reading a lot more about that than a lot of like the successes recently. So I was confused, but I also think a lot of the misinformation out there is more promoted than a lot than the obviously than the successes of Venezuela.
1: That, that's right, Compa. There is a narrative behind that and, and it's all being backed up by new neoliberal media um and and the neoliberal governments around the world, such as Ecuador, Chile, and, and the United States being the most prominent. Compa Elena, did you want to add to that?
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, I think, you know, it, it just goes to show, right? You you mentioned whether it's a Republican or a Democrat in, in federal office. I think that, you know, those those governments, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat, that's just every four years that the face of the presidency changes right but the state it's important for us to to be clear that the state is still in place right the state is there to maintain the status quo and that is the difference between you know the government of the united states and in comparison with venezuela and cuba is the fact that the the state is people in power right in venezuela and and in Cuba. That's and right. that is a difference, right? Here in the US the people are not in power. It's the big transnational corporations that have a hegemony on all the basic human necessities that we need to thrive as human beings, right? Which is healthcare, education, um, food, jobs, you know, and, and in Cuba and in Venezuela, that's the difference, right? Even though they have had economic blockade for many, many years, they are able to, you know, make Things happen by being self-sufficient, and that's something that we have to, you know, um, uplift and support and be in solidarity with when these attacks from the U.S. government um, are against Cuba and Venezuela, right? I think that that's something that we need to, you know, um, study more and and through study and through, you know, um, learning things from Cuba and Venezuela, we're able to defend them. I have had the the privilege, and I say privilege because I have traveled to both of these countries on behalf of Unión del Barrio, and I've been witness to, you know, the social advances that these countries have had with, you know, um, the intent of securing, you know, a livelihood for their people, right? Yeah. So I think that you know they have a lot of um, um, advances that we don't in terms of uh, medical and 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 uh, and educational wise. Um, and that's sad, right? Because you know um, yeah. the U.S. prides itself, quote unquote, on being the most advanced, richest nation in this world. But yet, you see, right now they can't even provide the minimum of healthcare for for the most disenfranchised population here within the U.S.
1: Uh, yeah, compa. No, I mean you hit it right on the nail right there, compa. They they really can't even provide it for our own population right here. I mean, you know, you see you see Cuba exporting doctors. You see. Uh, you know, them being heralded, uh, I found a video of uh, the Cuban population every night at 9 p.m. They they applaud and they clap and they cheer on their doctors and their nurses and their healthcare workers, you know, and here in the U.S., you know, it seems like healthcare workers are trapped, like they're pleading either to their higher ups, their managers, their floor managers, or they're pleading to the CEO of their company that they belong to, or they're pleading to the state governor, the state senator, or they're pleading to the senator, the federal senator, the congressman, even a Trump, and they can't seem to get the right answers or supplies getting dealt with. I just read an article in which volunteers decided to work on on fixing some N95 masks in Tennessee, twenty, and they were able to get out twenty thousand. Those are just volunteers. So I mean, from that, from the head down, I mean, you could call it what you could call it what it is, which is capitalism is crumbling right in front of us. We see, uh, we see Chile, we see Brazil, we see Ecuador with the highest number. Of COVID nineteen, uh, uh, people that have been infected in Latin America, and that's no—that's no surprise. I mean, those are the only; those are the neoliberal governments that are that are with the United States and their lackeys. So, so definitely, I mean, it, it do, does need some highlighting there. Um, Nicole, what were you going to say, Coca-Maria?
0: I was just going to share that uh, another sector of workers that has been affected that is oftentimes ignored is the farm workers. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've been deemed as essential workers, yet they're not receiving, like, hazard pay, at least not from what I understand, and they're also not getting access to uh, masks and equipment that would help them uh, continue to do their jobs in a, in a w- with their safety in mind. So that's just something that I found really frustrating and honestly, like, heartbreaking that we're demanding the most from the people that are the most vulnerable.
1: Right. No, no. Yeah. And I mean, the, the, the vice president today, Mike Pence, he said that, uh, that he, 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 he called, he called to action workers who stopped going to their work to go to work because they're essential. They stopped going for a reason because they don't want to get infected. Right. Like they don't have the products to protect themselves. Right. But I mean, they don't care about that. They just care about the profit margins. But I think this is a good transition point in which we could talk about another vulnerable sector. That's, been pretty much ignored uh, for the most part, with the with the exception of some minimal minimal releases, which is the 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 population that's been imprisoned, a rasa in there that are just waiting, they're just waiting to get infected. I mean, uh, they started New York and California started releasing nonviolent uh, offenders uh, slowly but surely, but the federal government took some time to actually start releasing. Uh, its own members are reviewing, reviewing cases or reviewing people who, who are in there with uh, underlying health conditions. Um, and and that's just consistent with the narrative that's here, which is capitalism, you know, capitalism. So um, I wanted to look at these stats here. It yeah, I actually
0: had seen um
1: yeah.
0: a video on, I think it was one of these t- Instagram buying or whatever uh, okay. vi- um, accounts that have posted uh, a smuggled in, um, uh, sorry, that a prisoner has smuggled in a phone and they were just taking video of like their conditions in there and the prisoner had acknowledged that he understood that they were not being released because they wouldn't be able to make mo- money off of them so it's just interesting to see that they, they, they understand that and that they're asking for the for people outside to support them.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I just read a I just read a, a, the case here on, you know, in Louisiana. That's where one of the hot, hot, hot spots is one of the epicenters right now in the country that's blowing up. And it seems like the even the federal correctional officers are, you know, they're scared and they don't want to go to work either. And the inmates are just waiting, you know, the, the incarcerated individuals are just waiting and they're pleading, but they can't seem to get any type of help. I mean, the Attorney General William Barr started uh, started reviewing the, case, the the individual's cases and their underlying effects, but we don't see like a widespread uh, you know, reaction when it comes to the federal government to this, or even—I mean, there's no there's no prevention there. So, but we're expecting a reaction, and and they're doing it slowly, very, very slow. You know, anything to add to that, Copas?
2: Yeah, I just want to add a couple of things. You know, I I currently have a brother that's that's in prison. He's currently at Corcoran State Prison, and mm-hmm. and obviously that's always on the back of my head. Um, I talked to my parents uh, earlier this—I mean, during the weekend—and they had mentioned to me that he called them on Thursday and he had let them know that they were on lockdown um, which means that they're no they can't go out for like yard or you know phone or anything that they can usually go out for they can no longer go out during mm-hmm. this time and you know and, and it's and it's a scary time for for everybody right because you know the people that bring in if if in fact the viruses you know if in fact these prisoners are um, are exposed to the virus. It's the correctional officers and the other workers within the prison that bring that into the into the 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 prison itself, right? So I think That's the right. fact that um, the 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 prisons are not doing enough, right, to um, one release you know uh, nonviolent offenders, you know, or do whatever they can to you know let go some of these these prisoners. Is terrible, right? And I think the fact is, you know, Maria hit it on the spot, is that they don't want to release prisoners because that's money lost for these companies, right? We know Geo Group and Core Civic are one of the main, are two of the main. entities corporations that make a profit off of our of, of our people right so i think and you know and you know our stance is like you know you know bother you know put an end to all prisons right and 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 you know um put an end to the prisons because black and brown bodies are are in there but yeah you know we do believe in prisons where you know um these politicians trump being one of them should be incarcerated right because he's mm-hmm. you know, he's done so many crimes against humanity so i think that the fact that our Rasa, you know, and our uh, black brothers and sisters continue to be, you know, in jail during these times is, is terrible. And not only that, you know, not only with this, I know that I could talk about this topic for a long time. But I think the other issue that, you know, is the concentration camps, right? The,
1: yeah.
2: the detention centers where Unión del Barrio a couple of days ago um, released a phone call from a, a person that is currently one of in the Otay Detention Center. And I know that the the, the comrades from um, that organizing body all held uh, uh, a rally, or you can say a protest, outside of the old uh detention center, demanding the release of of the the Raza that's in there, right? And yeah. that's another, you know, in um, the, there they're like, you know, um, there's hundreds of them, and and they're not distancing, they're not providing the masks, you know. From what the, the information that was provided is that a lot of them are, are experiencing like symptoms, and yet they're not given the, the needed medical attention, or let alone a test. So I think it's just a, a more of a crisis. you know, more people are going to, you know, sad to say, lose their life or get sick because they're not taking the necessary precautions to, to treat these, 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 our, our people inside.
1: That's right, compa. On the and you know on the complete opposite, opposite, opposite side of the spectrum, uh, they're they're definitely not even they're not even taking people into account. I mean, we looked at the the case that I was bringing up um, earlier, which was the Louisiana Oakdale federal facility, in which Attorney Barr is the one that's evaluating uh, the individuals out there with underlying health conditions. Just like you said, with the ICE detainees, are people that are in there. They don't, they're all confined into one thing. So this, this particular prison, our facility is, uh, is 150 or so living in one space. So it's kind of like a gymnasium, a high school gymnasium, but they're all living within three feet apart of each other. There's limited social distancing. Just like you said, compa, I'm sure it's, it's even worse at the detainees over there with our rasa and our people. Um, they don't, they don't care about them they don't they don't care about if anything they're trying to speed up deportations now they're trying to speed up releasing them to their to the countries that they come from allegedly because they see them more as a as a casualty rather than an asset so sad sad stuff Compa. Sad, sad stuff i really hope that things uh things get better but that'll only be through people power we just have to organize just like we've been organizing um but did you guys have anything to add on that copa maria
0: Okay, for people Go. to get involved in, in some kind of organizing um, group, uh, really, because that's that's how I've been able to keep track of what's been going on, not just like in, in prisons and, and other cities, but also yeah. like with, uh, with like rent striking and efforts like that, like a lot of the, these updates are coming on a daily basis. And I, if, if as a person who is somewhat plugged in, if I'm having trouble keeping up, like I can't imagine what other people who are not normally involved in in politics or or organizing feel. Like, they must be extremely frustrated.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm frustrated. I mean, you see me right now, I'm trying to, like, dish out, like, five or ten things because there's so many many things that I want to touch on at the same time that, that it's just difficult to comprehend. I mean, it's way too much information too many things. And they're not giving and they're giving too much misinformation at the same time. Like the Defense Production Act, which Trump was supposed to be using in order to to help to help uh, supply these supply these supply lines, which are for mass ventilators and respirators. Instead, he's over here at every news conference, along with the task force, whatever that is, who whoever is leading it, which is Kushner or Pence, whatever, they keep on they keep on bragging about about I had a great meeting with The head of bank of america i had a great meeting with the head of wells Fargo. i had a great meeting with ormel i had a great meeting with 3 m it's like dude like nobody cares about who you're meeting bro we we just care about like our our safety man like give us these tests give us the mask give the give the mask the health providers but it's frustrating just for me to like sit through a, a, a press conference for two hours on a daily basis i can't i can't imagine somebody sitting through it for five minutes it's that ridiculous so it's horrible but but at the same time copa i think you stressed the, view, the the points that need to be stressed which is join an organization you know get involved you know that i help you keep up uh keep up to date you know watch the news uh, you know decipher between you know uh n- news medias because you know we could come across reactionary articles which are right wing like breitbart and, and the epoch times or we can go come across real articles which are which are credible, but we have to decipher those. But please get involved. Uh, Check us out at uniondelbarrio.org. Check out our website. Check out our Facebook, our Twitter, our YouTube, our Instagram. Please follow us and get involved. Like Maria said, get involved. Copa Elena, do you want to add anything to that?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, most importantly right now, um, I think for us as members of an organization, we still kind of, we still have our concerns Regarding what this pandemic is bringing to the forefront, Um, you know, for us out there, I think you know we're we're gonna have to. Our task is to one continue to raise the consciousness of, you know, the this pandemic is really. You know um, sharpening the contradictions of, of capitalism and provide those, that alternative right, so what is organizing right with what resources we have the, the the strongest resource we have is our human capacity right and with that you know we lend the solidarity people that are in need of you know the basic right now what basic necessities are needed to survive right it 's like mm-hmm. food um, a lot of people are are unemployed now. You know, not a lot of our Rasa are able to apply for unemployment. Um, the whole stimulus check, a lot of our Rasa are not going to have access to that stimulus check, right? Mm-hmm. So I think we need to be aware of the, of of those of that situation in terms of meeting those basic necessities that our community needs, right? It's a very difficult situation, also, right? Because we don't have the economic capacity to do that, but I think. Um, if we continue to build relationships with our communities, fundamentally make those changes as a community, as a society, because politicians are not going to create that change. If anything, they're stifling that change because that would hit their pockets, right? So I think that that's something that we have to be very well aware of and prepared to be there as an alternative to our community once this kind of social distancing and this pandemic kind of rides its it's it's you know way out
1: that's that's right compa no and I, I mean we we were discussing this uh we were talking about the elections last week and and ron ron as much as armando em- emphasized that we should welcome anybody that that has not been involved with politics or has no idea with politics or if you're fully involved with politics and you're let down by the democratic party or the republican party or or if you're an independent and you see no end when it comes to the reformist tactics or 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 if you see pretty, pretty, pretty clearly that this system is lined up just to serve the elite, the, the the white people, the elite, rich white people, rich people in general. Now, if you're, if that's your conclusion now, come and join us, you know, come and join us, join the conversation. Uh, Check us out on Undelbarrio.org. We're more than happy to bring you in and, and we'll keep you up to date. Um, but yeah, those are topics that we're going to have to definitely discuss because right now, right now is a moment in time that should be deeply analyzed and and uh, moving forward. Um, but I wanted to go ahead and just uh, give a give us a very strong shout out, Unión del Barrio, uh, recognition to the great Haitian revolutionary leader Toussaint Louverture. He, on a day like today in 1803, he passed away. But I mean, we know the the significance that he had for all revolutionaries throughout the world, all revolutions throughout the world, specifically the Haitian one from the French government. But um, I sta presente to Saint Louverture. So, in response to the COVID 19 uh, crisis, the task force, the White, the White House task force, came out with a counter drug trafficking operation in the Caribbean and Atlantic Ocean uh, to combat drug trafficking. From and labeled Venezuela for the first time ever as a state state sponsor of terrorism. Um, I don't know how the hell that helps our response to COVID nineteen. I don't know how that helps uh, Rasa in any shape or form. I I have no. I have no idea how that helps us. If anything, that denigrates us. Uh, They said that Venezuela is the the most prominent state sponsor of terrorism in the region because they provide all the drugs that go into North America, which is the United States, just North, just the United States. So in order to prevent more COVID-19 related human trafficking and drug trafficking illnesses and deaths, the United States went ahead and, and did this. I just want to, I just want to get your thoughts on, on the ga that, 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 that this administration has to do this in response to the COVID-19 crisis? And and just your thoughts in general. Um, Compa, Lena, would you like to go first?
2: Um, Sure. So, I mean, we know that this is nothing new. The attack of U.S. imperialism on Venezuela has been ongoing for decades, right? And we know precisely as members of Unión del Barrio and as people of conscience, we know exactly why they're targeting Venezuela because it has one of the the largest oil reserves in, in this hemisphere, right? In the, and um, also it has, if I'm not mistaken, one of the largest reserves in um, electro uh, carbons, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think we, we, we know exactly why they're attacking Venezuela to implement a a government that it's going to be pro U S intervention. This is nothing new to us. And you know, um, I like to reference this book by Naomi Klein, which is the Shock Doctrine. Right, anytime there is um, something of this nature, like the COVID nineteen pandemic, those in power utilize it to, um, you know, it's a distraction to the populace of of this of this country, and they utilize that distraction to implement, you know, um, really interventionism, a neoliberal politics and policies. The world over, which will again benefit the ruling class, right? So, like I said, this is nothing new. Our our role, though, is to defend um, the Venezuela Bolivarian Revolution because because of that, they have been able. The people, the majority of the people in Venezuela, have been able to have access to healthcare, education, housing, um, and many many other basic necessities that humans have the right to. Right. So, I think that you know it's a shame. Doesn't surprise me, but it's a shame um, again to the U.S. government that they attack um, specifically, you know, the Maduro administration and um, calling them the, the major drug traffickers of of the of this hemisphere. When we know well that you know the drug traffickers are not coming out of Venezuela, but other parts of 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 the the world. So um, yeah,
1: seventy percent of the drugs. 70% of the drugs that, that come to the United States are from Colombia. 70% of the cocaine, excuse me. So I, I have no idea where they're getting the numbers. I mean, the, the the comandante de las Fuerzas Armadas de Venezuela, he came out and he said that this is categorically false. He dished out all the numbers. I mean, I, I don't know where they're getting this. And then yesterday they tried to, you know how I was mentioning that Venezuelan people are, are the people who had left and fled during the Juan Guaido show last year, and it's still going on. Last year, they're trying to come back. Uh, they, they stopped three paramilitary members coming from Colombia, posing as Venezuelan citizens. Uh, yesterday on the border of Colombia and Venezuela, The Venezuela just stopped them. So, I mean, these guys are just not stopping. They're just continuing, and they're going to have to, they're going to continue and continue to do that. But but it's just—it's a shame how they just keep on lying, and nobody—nobody nobody seems to blink an eye. You know, Compa Maria, did you want to say anything?
0: No, I was just gonna comment on the on the how the borders have been closed to, um, around Venezuela, but how people—the people that did leave—are um, currently making their way back, and you know, so it just it just kind of to me it makes me question their motives for leaving, and then be very critical about the reasons for returning.
1: Yeah, no, definitely, definitely, compa. I mean, I think they were led away by, 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 by so many, so many people who have been led away, and they continue to be led away by this brainwashing tactic, which is called liberal, ne, neoliberalism, incrementalism, and the hope of capitalism, whatever the hell that is. So they thought that they could do better in Colombia or wherever they went, and and obviously the governments there didn't really care. They don't even care about their own citizens. They just care about their own pockets. So they had to go back, and 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 you're right, compa. They, I'm sure that they are critical but it's a it's a standout i think it's a standout uh acknowledgement of of the venezuelan republic the venezuelan people that they're allowing their people to come back regardless of whatever situation they're in you know, during this time of crisis and a sharp contrast como dijo, como dijo con Palena, between the us's tactics how they're cozying up to you know companies and they're giving out small business loans and sole proprietor loans and all kinds of loans getting boeing Relentless amounts of money. The state of Washington giving boy relentless amounts of money and giving us a check that hasn't even been a that hasn't even been sent out yet, and they want us to like file our taxes for it. And if you, and they're not giving it, they're not giving anybody to the farm workers. They're not giving a check to the stimulus bill check to the farm workers. They're not giving a stimulus bill check to the people who they consider to be undocumented, all own up people. So, so yeah, definitely something to something to ponder about. Compañera, do you want to say anything?
2: And I think that you know, if anything, the what what the American populace is getting is is crumbs, right? In comparison to the bailout, and let's call it forward, is a bailout for these corporations again, right. right? And you specifically mentioned Boeing. Boeing was on the verge of a financial collapse before the COVID nineteen um, pandemic hit, right? Quote unquote. And I think that, you know, the fact that Americans, again, are being silenced or being bought off with a $1,200 check for those of the people that are eligible for it is another, you know, shame on you because of the fact that these are taxpayers' dollars, right? These are our the people that work, you know, and pay into taxes, which is all workers, right? Mm-hmm. This is the money that we should demand back specifically right now when we're you know when people are losing their jobs where people are losing their health care because you know in this country a lot of people's health care is tied to your jobs right so if you don't have a job you don't have health care so it's like a double whammy on you because of the fact that you know for many um ages you know um years i would like to say you know yeah the, the the you know this is the work of unions right union Jobs are the ones that put, you know, um, being benefits tied to to your work, which is good, right? But it's also bad because of the fact that, you know, if you lose your job, you lose your health care, your access to health care. So I think that, you know, the fact that $500 billion of this $2 trillion stimulus is going to corporations, and I know that there's another like $17 billion, um, which is not... Named, but a lot of people speculate that that 17 billion dollar check is going to go to the Boeing CEO um, is is ridiculous, right? How can you know uh, 17 billion dollars be given to a corporation that has mismanaged their one mismanaged their funding and two they have that that surplus of of money because of their workers, right? So I think that, like I said, if we there we can go back to quote unquote normal after this because if we do, then, you know, we're taking steps back versus steps forward, and not utilizing this time to really try to create the conditions for material change for our community.
1: Um, I mean, you can't get any, any better, compa. Compa, Maria, did you want to say anything? Um,
0: no, just, I mean, just kind of going back a little bit on, like, rent strike efforts and other solidarity actions, like, yeah. I Think that this is the the time for people to understand that nobody that they how do I say this our our lives are not a priority. Um, This government only cares for profit and for corporations. So that wasn't clear before. I hope that people see that now, and and I hope that they also understand the power of organizing because a lot of the the talk around rent strikes and and other action has has come out of grassroots efforts like the government has never or will not call for a suspension of rent you know at least not here but we we can see that in other places like venezuela like you currently have a i believe it's a six month suspension on rents mm. and so like i'm i'm wondering like you know do people i'm i'm, I'm gonna guess that, for the most part, people don't know that. So maybe this is a time when we should be highlighting those those efforts and and really um, showing people that another way is possible. And but it's not going to come easily, you know. I'm definitely not here.
1: No, yeah, I mean, that's not. There's nothing that comes easy that's worth accomplishing. Which one? Which one is it? Which is that one? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you don't know? I forgot. Something along those lines. But yeah, if you if you haven't heard it, if you haven't heard it, I mean it just it goes it goes to what Maria is saying. Nonetheless, I hope people take away that. <laughs> take away that point, Compa. That you know that things are bigger, things are bigger than yourself. You should need to see the big picture. These people don't care about anything else but money. Their money. That's yeah. it. I don't care about you. And there's models out there. There's models out there. I mean, just look at uh, like a look at Venezuela, look like at Cuba. People are returning, rather than leaving. There's reasons for that. Over here, we can't get enough of, you know. If somebody says, "Oh, uh, what, what about Medicare for all for everybody? How are you gonna pay for it? How are you gonna pay for it? How are you gonna pay for it? How are you gonna pay for it?" You know. And right now, the case for Medicare for all is like right here, and the guy who's Medicare for all, he's not focusing on Medicare for all anymore. He's focusing on the Ford stimulus bill, which I don't know what the hell that is. So. I mean, you can just tell that the politics of this country are just totally warped. And I mean, the Democratic front runner, Joe Biden, is giving a call to Donald Trump, you know, playing pal with him. I, I, I don't want. I mean, I understand it is just it's lunacy, complete lunacy. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead.
0: Oh, I was just gonna say that I was just uh, doing some research on like how, like the the service sector of workers and. And I, and from what I found was, I mean, it was like believe last year in October that there was a survey put out that 78% of us workers live paycheck to paycheck. So, yeah, that's right. and then, I mean, in the past couple of weeks, um, business insider. Uh, reported that 10 million workers have filed for unemployment so yeah. and this is a record since the government began collecting the data in 1967 so yeah. 10 million yeah. workers and 78% of everybody in the US live paycheck to paycheck so i i i mean if there's not some serious mobilizing out of this i don't know what's going to move people to do it
1: yeah yeah at this moment in time is a call to action right now to to for strong solidarity with all with all our um all of nuestro america for liberation from this capitalistic system that's old and archaic and is dying and is dying right in front of our eyes so uh, so yeah i wanted to touch on um on on this suggestion by french doctors or scientists that they want to go ahead and test the vaccine or or a trial of the vaccine in africa um, it's inherently racist. It's it's colon it's colonization one hundred and one right there. They're using our African brothers and sisters as guinea pigs. Um, what are your thoughts on this, uh, Copa Maria?
0: Um, I mean, I would, I I am. I want to say that I'm shocked, but I'm not, and it's really <laughs> yeah. it's really horrible. Sad. You know that it's horrible. It's sad, and it's extremely racist. And I'm just wondering, maybe like. There has to be a different way to do this. I I just, I mean, I can't believe that they put that out there.
1: Yeah, the World Health Organization decried it right away and and the French government decried it right away. The scientists apologized, but, but still for them to want to even think this, the same way that the U.S. is thinking, the same way that Canada is thinking, they also thought about testing in Africa. I think they are going to forego it though. I think Canada and the U.S. are going to go ahead and forego human trials in Africa from what I last read, but the French government is not. Uh, Gopalina, are you surprised by this at all?
2: No, unfortunately, no, because historically, you know, black and brown bodies have been disposable and used, you know, many times for scientific experiments. Uh, We see, you know, the Tuskegee Airmen who were voluntarily, who were, not voluntarily, who um, were consciously infected with syphilis just to see the different stages on how they react and how they respond um, so this is, I mean, black and brown bodies historically have been, you know, um, under colonial domination through science as well, right? So I think that what, what, what I, I still, I'm, I mean, I can't explain it, you know, I was upset when, yeah. when I read that. Um, it didn't surprise me um you know and i think we need to really call these things out whenever in any space that we are in um the good thing is that the who you know the world health organization obviously right away um denounced it saying that it's it's not ethically correct to do something like that that there there needs to be other ways in which these vaccines can be you know tested um aside from and and, you know in in a research type of way you know any type of human testing is unethical right i mean there's review boards and there's laws that that protect human humans from from being subjugated to these types of 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 testing right um so i think that you know as well as there's international also laws that that prohibit you know human beings from being uh subjugated to such tests but you know it doesn't surprise me that these racist white again white supremacists right <laughs> that, yeah. that yeah that that i think this way,
1: right um compa maria did you want to add anything to that
2: no
0: just for people to become like I, I mean now that we have this downtime i i would hope that people would take the time to read up on history about like uh, medicine and um how a lot of these vaccines have come to be and um, other ways that epidemics have affected communities of color.
1: Yeah, Compa, no, I I think that, that's a that's a good message to have out there. Um, I, I'm just gonna give you guys uh just some some direct questions is what you want to say to Rasa. We're gonna go ahead and close it up after this. Um, I'll start with uh, with Compa Compa Maria. Just a couple of questions here. So what are you doing to stay active during COVID 19? And if you have any suggestions to Rasa, when it comes to doing exercise? Yeah. Um, To stay active.
0: (laughs) uh, What I have been doing is uh, I've been walking and, or at least when I go do errands and I have, I mean, for the most part, I've been home. Um, But something that a friend suggested you was just like taking a walk around your local school. Okay. And and just because, I mean, on my end, like neighborhood, it's not the safest, but I know that if I go around like the school areas, there's usually like like people like out just like doing their daily routines or whatever. So, I mean, if, if you feel the need to be, um, to be active, then I would say think about your safety first and maybe, um, apart from practicing social distancing, just, uh, be mindful of your, of your surroundings because I mean, everybody's supposed to be technically indoors. So, I mean, it, it might just be the case that, you know, you, you, You might be assaulted if you're by yourself, you know, so just being mindful and and something else that I have that maybe uh, other people uh, might benefit from is like I have like a a family GPS on my my phone so that if something Um, happens, we we always know where each other, where everybody else is at, where like family members are. So, that you know, if you're thinking about like going out to a place and doing exercise, just be like, let somebody know where you are for sure
1: and yeah, definitely safety safety measures safety measures are 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 a requisite if you're going to go do exercise outside i think that's a that's something that we don't stress enough here that we need to be uh, uh we need to be very attentive of each other we need to know where we are especially during these times because there's so much uncertainty going around here you're right compa you're right um compa lena um what are you doing to stay active during COVID nineteen, and any suggestions you can give to Rasa to go ahead and remain active or be active at home?
2: Yeah, you know, so what I've been doing is, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, I'm still going to work, and usually, usually when I'm at work during lunchtime, I go out um, at least walk for thirty minutes. So I'm still trying to do that. Uh, on the weekends, I still maintain um, walking. I have dogs, so I take the dogs out for oh. a walk. And, um, you know, and just tell, you know, my message to Rasa is, you know, really take this uh, seriously. Uh, The scary part of this virus is that it's new. There's there's a coronavirus in itself is not new, but this specific strain is. So there's a lot of unknowns to it. And that's why we should take it seriously. Um, If you do need to go out, go out to like the supermarkets, to the doctor, to the pharmacy, only as if... If it, if it is really needed, if not, you know, maintain your social distancing. And I know, like a lot of Rasa, think that you know, oh, I'll invite my 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 primos, my, my, my tias. But really, you know, when you stay at home, I mean, stay at home with your immediate family, the people you live with, right? Yeah. So I think that that's really another message to to give Rasa out there, you know, because I know when I go out here, where I live at, I, I see like a lot of like just the other day I went to go drop off. Some masks for compañera Andrea and across the street from her house. They were having like this party, and I was like, "Damn, you know." And I'm just yeah. like, you know, and and you know, so I mean, it's funny, but at the same time, you know, Rasa, you know, likes to party, likes to drink, likes to socialize, but you know, <laughs> right now it's like, we kind of have to, you know, cut back on that a little bit for the for the good, right? So, you know, if you want to go outside and walk, you know, walk with the people that you're supposed to be, you know, isolating with at home and minimize really contact with others that you don't live with, at least for the time being. And the reason why I'm saying this is because I read an article today that supposedly, yeah. you know, the peak in California is not projected till mid-May, right? So we still have another month before supposedly this uh, virus peaks here in California. So expect the numbers to rise, one, and expect the numbers to be greater than what they're actually reporting right now, again, because not a lot of people are getting tested. So um, just, you know, stay safe, Rasa. You know, um, if you go out, wear your your mask, um, wash your hands, you know, try to follow, you know, the, the public health guidelines to really protect you and your family.
1: That's right. That's right, Kumpa. We should uh, just... Uh... Just take shots of ginger and eat garlic clovers. <laughs> eat garlic clovers, right? Instead of party you can still party it up, but just take shots of ginger by yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then something else that I have been reading also was that yeah. some of the miles or not sorry, that some doctors were were treating um um COVID nineteen with vitamin C and I was so shocked by that. So I don't know what that means exactly or how scientifically based that might be, but I was reading that from several articles. So, I mean, what I did on my end, I just bought, um, what is it, um, supp- uh, vitamin C supplements and they're 500 milligrams. So, I mean, that's just what I've been doing on my end apart from like my daily intake of um, healthy food or whatever. And so, I mean, I think this is a time if people don't know how to boost their immune system like this is probably the time to research and and just because i know that some people are allergic to like various things so just yeah just be mindful what you're consuming and and try to make the healthiest choices possible
1: oh yeah that's it's it's a great suggestions compa compa compa, lena uh, i think vitamin c is a is a it, it, it boosts your your immune system right
2: yeah, I think that's one of the main ties to, I mean, I haven't really read too much into the connection between COVID-19 and vitamin C, but just right off of, you know, what okay. we what I do know is that vitamin C along with zinc are immune boosters. So perhaps they're utilizing that to boost the immune system of people that are um, have the virus so that they have a better defense against it. So it betters their outcome. Not necessarily cure the virus, but it betters their outcome, I would say, in that sense, because um they're immune booster
1: oh, well, there you go, there you go, rasa um and maria, just uh what, oh maria compa Compas what 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 three things can we leave today with that 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 we should tell rasa for sure well, I mean take it seriously, right, take it seriously, right, take it seriously. That's number one, right? Number two. Um, really
0: checking in on check in on people that maybe you knew were vulnerable before because they might be at their lowest right now, you know? Like I had a friend who was going through a really deep, deep depression and I, I had just been trying to get a hold of her for a while before all of this happened and and I managed to, to to get in contact with her and, you know, I didn't go into like, hey, how are you? Like, are you healthy? But I was just, hey, you know, I have been getting a hold, trying to get a hold of you, and just making sure you're you're okay, and just checking in with the people that you know have been struggling because maybe they're having a hard time reaching out, you know. And then something else that I thought was really powerful was that uh, through our organization, we purchase uh, face masks for all our members. So anybody who didn't have access to some, uh, we're we're delivering them to people's homes. So just just being mindful that like you know you're you're not by yourself, but also be try to join a, some type of organization or group because you know the worst comes to worst, like they're gonna check up on you, like like we did for our membership. You know,
1: that's right, Kopa. Great points. More than three. There should be more than three. It <laughs> should be like five out of ten. I like it, Kopa Lena. Any takeaways?
2: Yeah, I, I think I think uh, my hit 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 them all right. I mean, stay connected. Um, the, uh, one thing is, you know, being solidarity with each other, right? I think now is the time yeah. that solidarity is being put to the test, right? Where we are able to share um, whatever resources we have with people that we know and our community. So I think that that's fundamentally important, and I think that that only comes to organizing, right? I think that the most important aspect that we can continue to build is organized because um like we've always said right "Solar pueblo organizado vencerá and i think this is a test of how good of an organizers we are we can or we or what good of organizers we can be right that's right so um i think that and one th- Two more things is be hopeful and be patient, right? This is just something that we're going through right now. It's something that's passing, that is testing, you know, our humanity. And I think that, you know, it can be scary for us at times, but it can also be very um, challenging. And it could be also a hopeful time for a lot of us because we know that through these circumstances, um, social change comes from these types of conditions, right? So I think that for the most part just be hopeful and patient because this is something that, you know, I, I my hat's off to compas um, that have children at home that are there, Man. you know, 24-7 with their children, not getting a break or anything, you know, for I think us three, we're, we're like, we're not parents, right? So we have it easy, you know, yeah. to a certain extent. So I think that, you know, it's, it's a totally different reality for our compas and our families um out in the community which you know I think they're they're having a harder time than than us single folks definitely
1: that's right that's right compass well remain patient and be hopeful join an organization watch out for most vulnerable people check in with them and remain healthy i hope i'm not missing one <laughs> I'm one but organize 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 yeah organize <laughs> organize 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 Organize, organize, organize. But with that being said, thank you very much, compas. I really appreciate your time. Did you want to say something, compa? I'm sorry.
2: Me? No, I no, just want to thank you for inviting me. Um, I put the camera on. Just thank you for, for reaching out and inviting <laughs> me to the podcast. I appreciate it.
1: Oh, well, well, thank you, compa. No, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thank you, compa Maria. Thank you very much for joining us as well. Um, and let's do this again this is awesome
2: definitely i also want to say thank you for maria for your time and sharing this space with me take care compa yeah thank you thank you
1: thank you no i mean i i really appreciate it but with that we'll go ahead and end it thank you very much compas
2: all right thank you thank
1: you that is it for today we hope you enjoyed the show if you did Please show us some love by posting comments and or sharing or following us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Use our handle at Unión del Barrio. The PA Podcast is a bi-monthly program that offers both audio and video content. It is a production of La Verdad Publications, the informational hub of Unión del Barrio. This is part of our ongoing work to keep our communities informed about current events and the most important political issues of the day. It is our hope to break the monopoly of the political information that the corporate media maintains over our communities. Unión del Barrio is a pro-raza liberation political organization, and we dedicate all of our work to organizing and defending the interests of raza communities within the current border of the U.S. You can find out more about us at our organizational webpage at www.uniondelbarrio.org. The editor-in-chief of La Verdad Publications and producer of the PA podcast is compañero Harry Simón Salazar. Once again, I'm your host, Juan Carlos Lozano, and always remember the powers and the people and the politics that we address. On behalf of Unión del Barrio, we hope you continue listening to our shows. Y que viva la raza.